Greetings, weary traveler. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Agelos, and I am joined by the one, the only, Arkaneer Silvershield himself. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Um, it's been a good week. Uh, I got to give a little shout out to Jessica, the community manager over at the Elder Scrolls Online, because now she knows what a sexplar is and how amazing <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, she does. Yes, Not she that does. how amazing it is, but no, that it, it's, it's amazing. off complete and utter lies. Because <laughs> I made sure that she knows that. She knows that part. <laughs> Uh, shout out again to the Wandering Bard as well. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out the Twitter or our Discord because he wrote a song about me and it's pretty darn amazing. So check that out. This week we've got a lot of fun stuff on the docket. We got a little bit of news to go over uh, as well as a nice hearty set of our adventures within Tamriel. And of course... What would be uh, a Tales of Tamriel show without 36 Lessons of Vivek? I, I don't know. Like At this point, we've been going for so long with 36 yeah. Lessons that I have no <laughs> idea what we would do afterwards. But I, I, you know what we should do? Mm. Write our own like 37th lesson of Vivek just for the fun of it <laughs> after we complete it all. You know, I was actually thinking about touching what was called Sermon Zero, which isn't in the oh. games anywhere as one of those Michael Kirkbride things. But I don't know if I'm brave enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, we are kind of got used to the weird thanks to the... I mean, it's not like the Tortoise Six lessons themselves are not weird. This How is bad true. can it be? This is very true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so we got that lined up for you guys. So thank you so much for watching us over here at twitch.tv slash Dungeon Crawler Network. Or if you're following us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, we much appreciate that. We also appreciate the awesome people over at patreon.com slash Dungeon Crawler Network who support us each and every month. And of course, our newest patron sub, Ika Sugami. <laughs> I just love saying it like that. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> I really do. Uh, and of course, Snack X Pack for the newest Twitch sub over at twitch.tv slash Dungeon Crawler Network. All that goes towards supporting the network. And here's a Khajiit. Say hello, Khajiit. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm holding her up with one arm because she's a Khajiit. I'm just waiting for her to attack me, but she hasn't done it yet. Ah, she's she trying. Care. <laughs> she now she now she meowed at me like, "What was all that about?" You know, <laughs> crazy. Uh, so thank you so much for supporting us over there. That does help us keep the metaphorical torches lit, so we can continue to do our dungeon delving. Of course, like last week, I did say we were going to read off any iTunes reviews that we get, and we did get a new one this week. Uh, from Admin Central, gave us a five-star review going, this is hands down the best ESO podcast out there. Short and sweet well, and to the you. point, but thank you so much, Admin Central, for that. 
Uh, so we had one new one this week that was much appreciated. I guess that came in on Friday. So thank you. Thank you so much, Admin Central, for your review. That uh, iTunes reviews, they're awesome because they help people know that we are a real podcast, that we say real words, and sometimes it matters. All <laughs> right. Let's go ahead and jump right on into the news because there's not a whole lot of that. So Arkaneer, over at the news desk. Uh, all right, let me open the notes. There we are. So, as Ag said, we only have just a little bit of news. First one is that the Sijic Vault Crown Crate season is upon us, which involves ghosty-looking shiny mounts this time. Um, so they are basically things that escape the vaults of the Sijic Order, so they are magical beings. And with this, um, we are getting another set of free Crown Crates, but... That event ends today. However, if you have been logging into the game since June 15 and killed at least one creature, mob, or an NPC, uh, you will get three free crown crates or three maximum for each day you logged in and killed something. That ends today, but I hope you logged in for to, you know, claim your daily rewards <clears throat> and killed something in the process as well. So there's that new crown crate season. Um, can I uh, can I throw some lore yeah. out here? Actually, yeah, let's do ahead. let's do two things. First off, <clears throat> I don't think I even got all of it this time, um, mostly due to the fact that um, the one day I logged in, I literally realized like I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, the crown crate things in, so I should log in and do something. And I looked at it and then I'm like, oh wait, they started technically yesterday. Crap. So then I'm like, I logged in and I literally had one minute. To get in and get a kill oh. <laughs> before, because it it, it, it kind of timed over when the new rewards, I'm looking at it going, come on, come on, come on, so I got in, and I think I got the kill, but it may or may not have, I'm not really sure, uh, so, eh, anyway, you now, probably. Hmm? you probably did, eh. I think, because I think it started at June 14, well, so kind of like on the East Coast, yeah, so like Thursday, 8 p.m., I guess. Was I on on Thursday 8 p.m.? I feel like I was. I've been on so much recently. Uh, it's almost almost like when the game first came out, I've been playing it so much. It's pretty amazing. Mm. Um, I just don't remember. So I might be okay, but I kind of forgot about it, and then I was like, <gasps> so I have to go <laughs> and, and check that out. So, you know, there is that. Um the idea of the Sigic Volts, though, that's kind of neat. You actually do find that in Somerset, and mm -hmm. the Sigic Volts are where they lock away all the things that they deem are too powerful for Nern to have. So if you've ever played Skyrim, which I'm sure most of you have, um, there's that argument of, uh, how do I want to say it? Where what is that the orb the giant orb you find in Sarthal? Eye of Magnus. The Eye of Magnus. Yeah. Afterwards, yep. they would have taken that there and brought it into the Sigic Vault. So like when you're doing the one quest mm -hmm. in Somerset, they're talking about how all this stuff kind of got loosed, and you now have to go and, and collect it. So these things oh. are like I don't even know why they're letting us have them because apparently they should have been <laughs> locked away from mortals. But hey, whatever. You know that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, at the moment, Sigic Order is basically just open their island <laughs> to to I, thousands of people. I know, right? That's a little weird, but uh, that's that that's the thing with MMORPGs. You know, it's uh, it will happen. Like things like this will have to happen. I guess at sure. one point, 
Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just I'm having fun with it at this point. <laughs> um, and you know, I am remiss. We didn't say hello to the chat room. Oh, Ark. Yeah. You're so, no, what? Hey, hello. You didn't correct me, so you're as responsible. Yeah, for this, this time I forgot. Am. Usually, I am the one that reminds you the chat room. I'm sorry, what? chat room. And here's the kitty again. It, just yeah, just just make it up uh, with the kitty. Uh, Every, everyone loves uh, cats. Uh, I'm benching with the kitty. Uh, she does <laughs> not look as amused as I am. Uh. I mean, I wouldn't be amused as well if, ah, she if got someone me. wants to. <laughs> you dirty AD scum. <laughs> she bit me. <laughs> not saying I didn't deserve it, but she bit me. Yeah, that's to happen. <laughs> right. Okay, you may continue on with the news. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you will get your crown crates if you did the event uh, on Wednesday, June 20. So don't be surprised if you don't see your crates on the next few days. They will arrive at June 20. So that was it. That's out of the way. Gotcha. There's also the patch notes 4.0.8, which involves a lot of fixes. Well, not a lot of fixes, but a few fixes on uh, some actually progress blocking bugs on Moravent, Halls of Fabrication, and CloudRest Trials, which oh. I'm not going to go into detail of. I would be curious two... about the progress on clock, or uh, not clockwork. Um, CloudRest? CloudRest, yeah. Hold on, let me find it real quick then. I'm just out of curiosity because, I mean, in Tails we'll talk about it, but we ran that a good bit last night. So uh, in CloudRest Trial, actually, I'm not sure if this is actually progress blocking, but Mel... Malevolent cores now teleport down to the lower level if they are dropped from the upper platforms. Huh. I don't know what that malevolent might be a cores vet are. thing. Um, oh, when you're yeah, in the but I assumed if they don't drop, like I assumed this was something like the AA mage not coming down. It's sort of. What essentially happens is in the shadow realm, when you go into the shadow realm, you have DPS in there or tanks sometimes, depending on what phase of the fight you're on. And you have to break these crystals in order to get these malevolent orbs. There's also these spears that have to come down that the uh, people up top have to send you um, in order oh. to... What you do is when you break one of these crystals, you get a malevolent orb on you. And then you have to run it over this spear of light that's sent from up top. Okay? So yeah. up top, the one person who's helping you gives you these spears of light. And the players in the real world have to send them into the shadow realm so that the players down there can run these malevolent cores over mm -hmm. it and break them. When you break three of them, you then get um, uh, you get freed from the Shadow Realm. If they don't come down or you don't get cores, you never escape the Shadow Realm, so just more yeah. and more ads are pouring out because there's these ads that just keep trying to make their way yeah. out. And the idea is to close the realm before they slowly make their way into into the <clears throat> into Nern. Problem mm -hmm. is, if you don't have malevolent cores and you don't have the spears of light, you can't stop them. The people down below can't get out, and yeah, it becomes an issue. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, that then yeah, it was progress blocking. Well, now since I mentioned it, I'll mention the um, other two as well. In Morrowind, in the Harling of House Telvanni quest fixed an issue that prevented sun and shadows from appearing for the final council scene, unblocking the progress within the quest. And um, nothing to see is at quest. Tilrena will now properly appear during the quest step. Talk to Tilrena, allowing the quest to advance normally. So they were the Morrowind quests that were blocked. Okay. And uh, in Halls of 
no, not a holes of fabrication, but in Somerset, the icon for Dawnstar gem now appears properly during the quest, the town tower sentinels. Um, so those are the, I guess, the main fixes. There are a bunch of other fixes as well that you can go ahead and read them on the forums or probably in the description of the show below. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it'll be there. Yeah. Awesome. So two very important fixes, though. Yeah, now, I'd the say first so. one was a very controversial topic in the in the Elder Scrolls Online community for the last couple of weeks or more than couple of weeks. They removed the integration of that uh, Red Shell tool that was uh, the data analysis tool for and all associated files from the basically client and game files and everywhere, as they said they would. Yep. So that is one. Now, just a note for those who are curious, don't think that it's going to be gone forever because in all mm-hmm. reality, they did say that it may make an appearance. Like they were playing yeah. with it. They yeah. probably are going to bring it into the game. So don't be surprised. But there are opt-out options, which we kind of covered in that episode. And we will cover again mm-hmm. when it comes back into the game. Yep. <clears throat> So the last thing is in news, which is like, I don't know how they um, did not fix this earlier. Like this is, I don't know, this makes the game literally unplayable, but change the name of the Welkin Ouroboros Crown Crate to simply Ouroboros Crown Crate and fix the typo. How did this ever like get overlooked for so long? I do not know, but here it is, it's fixed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's fixed. It, it is now called Orboros Crown Crate instead of Welkin Crown Crate. So yeah, that is the end of this news section with this very, very important part of news. Clearly is definitely <laughs> the most important part of all of that. So I agree. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and roll right on into the Tales section what have we been doing this week in the Elder Scrolls Online? So, Ark, how much do you have a good bit to go over? A little bit? Well, not a good bit, but I, I have some. Like, Why don't you go uh, ahead and go first? Yeah. So basically, what I've been doing in Elder Scrolls Online is I haven't been doing much gameplay in terms of I have been questing since last show. I haven't done Battleground since last show. What I was doing is crafting. So for the first time in four years of my Elder Scrolls Online journey, thousands of hours, I've actually decided to um, focus on crafting and unlock my crafting skills, research traits. And for the first time today, I finally, like just before the show, started researching my very first two nine trait items, which is a shield and a sword. And I still have a long way to go before I research everything, but that's what I've been focusing on. You know, doing the crafting writs for the first time, uh, researching items for the first time, and doing dailies for the first time. So yeah, that's what I've been focusing on. I made some gold as well in the process, like did six, you, 700. Did you get that, door, or was it Doorbog's Lazy crat Crafting Writ add-on? Ah uh, yes, yes. Yeah, because that's pretty. If much I had if I hadn't gotten the lazy crafter, I wouldn't have been doing um, no There's way. also two more you probably want daily, daily provisioning and daily alchemy. Because for whatever reason, Dorbogs doesn't actually do those. Oh, they exist. Yeah, yeah. get yeah. those two I'll, and it I'll will auto craft. I've been alchemy. doing them manually. And nope. it's such a 
Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll get them as well. Yeah. Just go grab. Nice. That's pretty much probably the most important thing you're gonna do right now. So <laughs> go do that. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, helpful. Messages that I'm gonna ignore. Um. So. Yeah, I've been doing. I've been focusing on those. Um, I made some gold with Somerset for about five hundred to seven hundred k. So that's nice. I haven't done that. Like I haven't earned gold in this game for a long time, and I've been running around very, very poor after decorating the guild house. But finally, I have some gold again thanks to Somerset. What I basically did was just research jewelry, then just craft it and sell, craft it and sell, craft it and sell for other people to research. Um, I did that until the market prices dropped, which is this week, basically. Um, but like before, before it happened, I did get a get a nice amount of gold, so that is that is nice. Uh, what else? I also did Cloud Rest normal two times with uh, Ophelia Noir and her community of Drunkenborns. Uh, we ran it two times. I love that trial because there are no trash pools. It's just boss fight, boss fight, boss fight, and boss fight. So that is that, like, I wish everything was like that. <laughs> I know Angelos disagrees with me on this. I, I, I definitely don't, but continue. Like, I, I hate trash pools because it's just, they are no challenge. And it just drains time. It just artificially increases the time of a dungeon or a trial. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've, like, um, I did a morning stream of Elder Scrolls on. I was awake at, like, 6 a.m. for whatever reason. And I decided to stream, and like I decided to just fish. And Ishabu and Dalgrim joined me as well. So we did our first unofficial Silver Shield Clan fishing event there. Oh. Completely unofficially, but uh, yeah, we fished in uh, Arteum, which is a very, like, that beach is very beautiful. I love it. I, I, I want a place like that in, in real life that I can visit easily whenever I want. Not spend thousands of dollars, but just. Just drive there, you know. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. Okay. Um, also, uh, Kim, hello in chat. Happy birthday, Kim! Just shout out. I see him in chat. Nice. He is he is my he is he is the greatest healer. He he doesn't let me die. He doesn't let my DPS die either, which I really well, try to. If do he so. can keep you alive, he clearly <laughs> must be the best healer in the world. Oh, oh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really assisted it. that myself, so I'm not gonna. I'm not. <laughs> Here, let me hand uh, you this burn cream because you may need it. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, go ahead. It's your turn. I'm, I'm gonna just digest this. <laughs> nice. All right. I even dropped my microphone. Even dropped the mic. <laughs> nice. All right. So. I know we talked about this a little bit. Uh, have no fear for some of the console players and whatnot, because we're not going to... This week, we're not going to go into a lot of the story of Somerset. Uh, next week, obviously, we're going to say before we do anything, so don't worry. So if you have to skip an episode, you can skip an episode. Um, but I know Ark and I, um, for those that don't know, it's Father's Day here, which my family's away. Uh, my wife, she forgot it was Father's Day. That's okay, because I did too. Um, she somewhat can't be blamed, because three years ago, my son was born on Father's Day, which was June 21st back then, in 2015. So she kind of assumed it was last week, so she went to go visit her mother, and we both forgot. So that's why we're doing a show. 
we'll just celebrate Father's Day when he gets back um, on Wednesday. But uh, because they're not here, I've had so much time to quest and stuff. I'm almost done with Somerset. I know Ark is almost done as well, so we're going to kind of hammer that out next week and we're going to pretty much touch on each of the main storyline quests in each area and kind of go over some lore so next next week should be a fairly large episode uh in all likelihood it'll probably be the majority um oh i should have probably removed that from last oh that was nate's tales but they're gone so he already talked about that (laughs) um i will say there's one quest which is probably one of the best quests. It's not like a main storyline quest. It's kind of like a side quest, if you will. It it has my spirit animal, okay? The spirit animal is this orc. You meet Aww. him in Alanor. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, it's so such a beautiful there's this hoity-toity little Altmer who insults him, and he's like, I challenge you to a duel, and the elf's like... You obviously don't know the dueling etiquette around here, so I will not just... Anyway, real real prissy-like. Anyway, so he asked you to help. He's like, I just want to fight this guy and put him in his place because he's a dirty knife-ear, and he just needs to be, like, beat in the face. I thought this was probably the most holy of quests, so I obviously undertook this with no hesitation, we had to do a couple things. I had to get him a, a fencing saber. I had to uh, somehow find his entire lineage because you can only properly duel someone if you could recite their entire name, which apparently is like 9,000 characters. I'm talking <laughs> Game of Thrones characters don't have titles this long. Anyway, you meet, you go through that whole thing, and then uh, he's like, he's ready to fight. So the elf's like, Fine, let's go, Orc. Have at you! And he stands there, and the Orc just walks up to him and punches him square in the face, and the elf just falls right so over. nice. It was such a satisfaction. Like, that is the best thing I've seen on Elder Scrolls Online. It was so satisfactory. It was! It, it was just so funny. The guy has the sword. The Orc just walks right up and pow! Right in the face. The elf falls over, and you go and talk to his second, who's cowering. He's like, he's such a brute! <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Oh, it was probably the best quest in this entire yeah. game. Yeah. And he and the elf just lies there with his eyes open. Oh, he like, knocked him out. Like, he, he just lies there. <laughs> one punch just out. And I thought that was probably the best thing in this entire game. Uh, it, yeah, I had to I had to actually tweet to one of uh senior content designers on Zenimax Online, beautiful Jay, amazing guy. By the way, you can yep. contact him on Twitter. He replies to you like he's 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 very easy to interact as well. Um, and I was like, whoever made this quest, please tell them that I love them and like I would buy them a sweet roll or something if if given the chance. Yeah. And he actually replied and said he would pass the pass the thing. So I am happy that whoever made this quest. Well, at least know that it is appreciated because oh, it's such a beautiful. It, I, I I hope there are more like this. It is. It's called a duelist dilemma, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, you get that from Rog uh, Uzog, which is the orc name in Alinor. Okay. Yeah, he's he's right around the entrance, like he's just standing yeah. there. So you talk to this guy. He's in the northwestern corner. If you don't talk to him right away, you can actually hear a little bit of the exchange going back and forth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you have to go talk to the guy second within the inn. You read up a little book about Aldmeri culture, which was probably the most boring read I've ever had because, of course, <laughs> it's all about elves. Uh, and then it sends you to a delve to go find like his old tomb or whatever, but it's called A Duelist Dilemma in Alinor. So check that out. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an absolutely fantastic quest and totally worth it. Um, I was also doing probably the most hated quest line in the game, which I don't know why people hate it so much because... It's just amazing because you get the auger of the obscure. It's the uh, oh. the quest line for the Sigics where you have to run around and find all that stuff. And people don't really like it, which I'm not really sure why, because every time I hear this guy talk, it's probably the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I hate the quest itself as well, but auger of obscure just makes it tolerable. Yeah. Because it's such a, like... It's uh, funny. It, it it legitly, whoever voice acted, I know we had that conversation. Someone had mentioned mm-hmm. it, who they thought it was. But it is legitly insanely funny voice actor who did an amazing job. So the the uh, Augur of the Obscure is, is amazing. And I know when you finish it, you get it as a memento. Because I know... Oh, uh, you do? Yes, you do. Because oh, Bree has one, it in her is... house. So you go up and talk to it and just talks to you. Wait, in her house you can put it as a yes, furn- a furniture uh, item. Okay, I know. Like, uh, never mind the Somerset story. I'm just going to you're just going do to that. finish that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that is something that when you do that, you get it as like a memento, and you can put mementos in your house or a furniture item. She has hers sitting. As soon as you walk in the door, it's sitting on like a table, and when you you can actually interact with it, and it will talk to you. Oh, I have to do it. It now. does all of its random quotes. Oh, like <laughs> one of them, it was like it was funny because it was mocking the inside of her house. Going, I guess it's nice. <laughs> I mean, you don't have any of these thousand angles, or just talking to you in these real obscure patterns. He's like, I would mark the decorating status as eh, adequate. <laughs> it's just. Do we ever get to know what it is? Like, does it ever at some point? Because it's weird. Wait, when you ask what it is, it's like yeah. you wouldn't comprehend. Yeah, he kind of—he never really gives you a. In oh. the lore, like, the, do you did you ever heard in Elder Scrolls something like a being like that, like the Argor of Obscure? Well, not really, but that's mostly due to the fact that, well, the Augur of the Obscure. I mean, quite frankly, the closest thing of an item that I know that talks to you would be the heart of Lurkin. Now, I'm not saying it's at all part of a divine, but I mean, an item-wise, it's pretty good. Um, um, Musclehead in chat, which is, we are going to talk about that next week, but he said he did an old quest called Old Wounds that makes you feel like a murder detective. It it actually is really good, and I do plan on talking about it, but we're going to give people another week before we really dive into that mm-hmm. one. Um. There was one other quest in K turn, which I thought was pretty neat. So, like, I have it here on the ch- on the chat. It's just north of Alinor. Um, you have to help. You have to help her sneak into uh, a girl named Slurry, who kind of is like this Van Helsing like character. 
sneak into um, the keep, right? So you go to sneak into the keep, and it's funny. She's like, I just need you to be a distraction. Like, literally, that's all. She's like, just be a distraction. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. And while you're talking to the guard, you see her sneak up behind him, and she goes, eh, and sticks her tongue out at the guard and <laughs> sneaks back in. Um, that was pretty neat to see. I, I have that written down because I thought that was something that was really, really cool. Um, all right. So I'm not going to go into any more quest stuff till next week. Whoa. Obi, thank you so much for the Twitch Prime sub. Three months in a row. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That definitely does help us out. Um, yeah, awesome. Now, where was I at? Oh, yes. So many pledges, <laughs> uh, which is really a problem. I even told Ark we actually started a little late on the show, and that was due to the fact that uh, it's amazing. Like on the North American side, we have a lot of people now who have been playing, and people are always running dungeons and wanting to run dungeons. So I was up to like, we did trials, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, because we have a trials group now. Uh, that will be pushing into vet modes, hard modes, all that fun stuff. But on top of that, we also have uh, um, been doing a ton of pledges. It was like till three in the morning, just doing dungeons nonstop. Um, we were trying to get uh, Bree, one of our new members in the guild, a frost staff from Celine's Web. Yeah. Okay, because it's for a PvP build, so we've been trying to build that, and um, <laughs> she pretty much made a joke that she's gonna have to rename her character Charlotte for Charlotte's Web because she's run this place like probably forty times and still hasn't <laughs> seen the Frost Staff. Um, Did you get it in one try? No, no. If I would have gotten it, I would have <laughs> given it to her because I would have just felt awful otherwise. But. Um, no, no, we didn't do anything like that. We we kept trying, but unfortunately, no luck, right? So, eh, what are you going to do? Um, we, we ran that a lot. Like, a bunch of us in the guild kept running that for her um, at night. Um, so, we've been doing a lot of that. We've been doing pledges almost every day because a lot of people are farming keys now, especially because we have so many new members, which is kind of a benefit because I need so many freaking... Uh, stones now, the transmute stones. It's kind of insane how many I need. Uh, Incap spammer, hello. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Um, but yeah, so many dungeons. Still very, very cool. It's been really fun doing that. So we've been running pledges, or not pledges, but trials. Every Saturday night, 1030, we actually are forming a static team to do this. So that's what we've been doing. Uh, we actually almost have the full team, and last night we had an amazing run in uh, Cloud Rest. We did normal Cloud Rest two times or whatever. Um, that is such a fun fight, like all of it. Did you do the? Did you do like one boss at a time, or did you yeah. try the? Uh, no, we did like one, all three at once. Then. One boss at a time. No. Um, just because we wanted people more chances at gear. You get better gear if you do, like, I've done plus three already, normal, mm -hmm. um, which is just insanity, mind you. But 
And even on normal, it's like, what in creation is going on? I actually joined it by accident because I saw someone in chat going, looking for like one more DPS, plus three, normal cloud rest. I honestly didn't know what the plus three was. I just said, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> and then I got in and they're at the boss. I'm like, oh, they must have already done all the other ones. All right, whatever. I'm only, you know, whatever. Free loot, I guess. Um, and then during the fight, I'm sitting there going, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> I just realized I made a mistake. <laughs> I forgot I put my role as uh, as tank for last night when we were doing normal. I tried to do another uh, Cradle oh. of Shadows, but I put it as tank just so we could queue in real fast because we were just doing normal. I didn't really need anything else. So I queued myself up for a... Um, for a... What is the... Oh, the other one's all the way over there. Um, for a normal... Or not normal, a vet cradle of shadows because i need a velendrith heavy helm and uh yeah i may have forgot it was tank and i got a cube like wow that was really quick i'm normally sitting for hours and it's like oh that's right cute as tank so i had to cancel that my problem at least you canceled it some people just don't mention it and try to run i'm not not on vet (laughs) but i've seen it happen i've seen people try that yeah, Obviously, it doesn't go well, and then you have to try and kick people, and it's a bunch of mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggest noob in the world just entered chat. Sean own you, so. <laughs> hey, Sean. He barely knows how to play. I mean, obviously, he doesn't know how to play because he plays on console, so right there shows his ineptitude. So. Uh, appreciate it, Sean. <laughs> the worst build ever made. See, he's obviously is- wrong. Obviously wrong. And he's really not making a point for coming back on the show, too. So <laughs> guess he's not coming on the show anymore. Sean Own You, right there. Sealed his fate. Anyway, uh, we did a bunch of those trials last night. And we actually did... I got all five pieces of Reliquin, finally. I'll tell uh, you what. Uh, Reliquin, which is the the stamina set out of there... And oh, from Cloud Rest. Yeah, yeah. So it adds uh, weapon crit. The three set bonus gives you minor slayer, so you do five percent more damage dungeon and trial bosses. Uh, four set is weapon crit, and the five set is your light and heavy attacks apply a stack of harmful winds to your target for five seconds. Har- harmful winds deal three hundred and sixty nine physical damage per stack every one second. Stacks twenty times. Okay, okay. That's like 4,000 damage a second if you get all Mm -hmm. 20 stacks. Well, it's probably a little more, but mitigation kind of removes some of that. So, you know, you got to do the math there. But, yeah, I was playing around with it the other night. I just was like, I put on my bow, and I just auto-attacked. I just want to see how high I could stack (laughs) it. It was pretty insane how high this, how much damage was ticking off of this thing. Um, So I've been playing that. That's also part of the reason why I now need to run more dungeons because I used all my stones in order to improve the gear to divines because I was just taking any piece. I didn't care what it was. I'm like, I don't care. I just need this set and I'll use transmute stones. And um, Mm -hmm. it is a good way to get transmute stones. Like every now and then, I don't know what triggers it, but every now and then I get a transmute GOD with like 20 to 50 crystals in it. I don't know what triggers it, but 
Gotcha. Thanks for the host, uh, Frankenstein Gaming. Much appreciated. Oh, hello. Sean says, does that get, also get buff with Major Brutality? Um, I honestly don't think it does because it does physical damage, so the damage scales off of your stamina, but not weapon damage per se because it's just a flat damage. So you, I don't think it actually scales off of Major Brute if you have that running or not. Um, but it does scale off your max stamina because it is physical, so. Um, yeah, I have no input on this. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I have zero clue on DPS stuff. It, it It's neat in that, I guess in this case, it really does, like, if you, it really makes your time on target because I know one of the things is your back bar now. <clears throat> you have to move so many stuff off your back bar because you can only be on that bar for up to like five seconds or something like that to do, mm. to do, you know, um, debuffs because you need to be back doing physical damage. I guess yeah. for me, it really doesn't matter because mine's a bow. So I guess I could do light attacks from a bow as well, but ideally you want to be wherever the most damage is. So, oh, there's that thing. Um, but no, it, it's pretty nice. I've noticed my DPS go up quite a bit, uh, much to, I'm sure, the wandering barge Sir Grin. Because uh, <laughs> I was linking my DPS meter in, in Guild. And uh, yeah, he, I guess. What did you do? A single target on one boss is like 48,000. What? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That is actually Geo level. The our our one of our main DPS is on EU, which is which does like crazy DPS. Now so. this was a very easy boss fight. There was it was pretty much a tank and spanker. So I w I my time on target was pretty much a hundred percent. So yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, that that's well, all yeah, cases. Yeah, you know, that's pretty awesome at that point. But um, I know I was doing fairly good on that. But I know he's been working on his build, trying to figure out exactly what how to get his numbers up because I guess originally before we made some changes to his build, he wasn't pulling much more than like 7K. So mm -hmm. he, uh, when I linked that, he's like, dear heaven above. He's like, teach me your ways. I'm like, sexplar. <laughs> sexplar. That's all it is. Yeah. But By uh, the way, do you know which bait I should use in ocean water? There's a an add-on called Volton's Fisherman. Get I that. don't have it on right now. I'm uh, I'm just gonna fish for the I, rest of the show. I I'm trying to think. Uh, is it minnows work? And I think uh, not grubs. Um, worms. Worms. Worms work. Worms. Yeah. Worms. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Oh, I don't have them. I have chubs. I think chubs work too. Eh, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. It's just maybe. Worms, yeah. Maybe. Sean Anishabu says worms, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, give that a shot. See what happens. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, that that was a really awesome set. I've been having fun with that. Now I got to find people who are running uh, Hellra Citadel because I need Berserking Warrior stuff. So, mm. yeah, that I need to try to get my hands on to complete this build. And of course, running nine thousand different things to get transmute stones because I was able to put two things to divine, but I still got to get divines my belt and my chest 
who are reforced and well-fitted, uh, respectively. And then, of course, if I ever get a Velendreth heavy helm, good luck with that. Because <laughs> uh, I can never get into the darn dungeon, and every time I get into the dungeon, no one knows how to play the stupid game, it seems like. So that's, <laughs> that's a bigger issue, I guess. Uh, so I need to work on that. Well, that's because you keep running dungeons with pugs, Ag. Well... Yeah, no, I agree, but all the people who... I feel bad, because we have quite a few people in the guild who are like, I'll help. The problem is they're sub-300 CP, so they can't even queue into the dungeon. Wait, what? The DLC dungeons require you to have 300 CP to queue. Really? Yep. Oh, you didn't know that. Nope. Any of them that are released as DLC need 300 CP, or else you can't get in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, I can't see how that's the problem. Yeah, it is an issue overall. Um, not really much they can do. I actually didn't think about this, but apparently um, you can get in regardless. Um, I was told that it, you could just walk into the dungeon. I thought it was going to kick him out, so I didn't even try that. But you don't have to go in through the queue system. Hmm. You could just walk in and take anybody. I just didn't think to try it. So maybe next time that yeah. won't be such a problem. But yeah, I mean, eh, it is what it is, I guess. Um, but it, it, it's also Crypt of Shadows isn't necessarily a hard dungeon per se. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say that. It, it's harder than some, but most people don't want to run it unless it's the pledge. So if it's not a pledge for that yeah. day, most people aren't running that darn thing. You know what I mean? They're just like, nah. Yeah, yeah. No, not going to happen. So, um... Yeah, you, 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 you can find a dedicated team, I suppose. Oh, like, yeah. Is Wings of Fate the only dungeon, the only guild you're in? Yes. Uh, why? Why would I want to spread my time with anyone else? What? What time? What? What is there to spread? Um, because like, I run a big community and I'd rather play with my community members than add to someone else's. Well, if your community members can't run a dungeon with you, they'll then get there. You can... They'll get there. <laughs> well, until they get there, you can find some other people to run dungeons with. Nah, they're scrubs. They're nothing more than, you know, if they're not part of our guild, they're not someone I want to run with. That's well, how it suffer goes. with pugs then, Ag. Oh, that's what I am doing. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, my guild first and foremost. That's all I'm saying, you know? The other guilds I'm a part of are trade guilds. Uh, there's a possibility I could probably pug out of those. They're not necessarily... As I was telling other people, most of the time people in trade guilds don't talk, period, because that's not what they're there yeah. for. They're there to sell. That's about it. They don't really care about anything else. Um, every once in a while, you can see people trying to recruit for stuff in there. It, it's, it's a crap shoot at best. You might find someone, you might not, it, you know, eh, I guess whatever it is you're after. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to run that a lot. It's just sitting in the, is my dungeon queue gone? Like I thought I was in a dungeon queue, but I think it's no, I'm still queued. It's just for whatever reasons, not showing up on my, my list. That's kind of weird. Yeah. All right, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I've been working on. I mean, if this so-called really good tank still played on North America, I'd probably get really good cues and probably would get what I need. But, you know, 
Well, I mean, if you somehow manage to bring North American time to seven hours ahead, hey, I can still play North buddy, American side. Buddy, I've been off all day. I've, I've been on since, especially this week. You could have played with me all day. I was on at like well, 6 a.m. Did, you, did North- you message me? I am. And, you know, hey, I'm, I'm off all week. We can, we can play together at your time. No. How was I supposed to know? You should have just known, Ark. that's what a tank does you should have just known uh but yeah no that's that's kind of that whole shiznits because we've been having fun with that but i don't know it's just a lot of it's also just dealing with that dungeon because obviously last week i i i don't know what it is about that dungeon maybe it's only because i want something from the dungeon i don't know but I feel like I get the dumbest players in this entire yeah. game. Like normally players are fairly good, right? Like I I swear, it's like if you're a stupid player, you have to queue for it. And obviously I must be stupid because I keep queuing for this stupid thing. And oh, it's it's such a pain in the butt because they're so bad. They're just so bad, and I don't understand how they can be so bad. <laughs> but every time I do this dungeon, I just get horrible players. Thankfully, Obi, shout out to him. He was running a bunch of dungeons with us last night, and he even said today that he'd probably run some with me later on today and try to help me out and get uh, to get that the thing I'm missing right, the, the helm. So I might actually have a good player to run with mm-hmm. instead of having to deal with the crap that is the players I've had to deal with recently. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe our RNG is finally running out. Yeah, well, at least for that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just for that, at least. All right. Anyway, fun times ahead. Let's see here. What else do I have on the docket? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I... I have a lot more I want to say, but I want to wait till next week for Tales because I don't really want to go into the lore of all this. Um, Good idea. Yeah, because I don't... Uh, how long has it been since consoles have been out? Uh, t- about 10 days. 10 days, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll wait so next a little week, bit. It'll be like three, four... It's like, it will be like a month-ish. So, yeah, I suppose... Yeah, we'll we'll mess with it next week. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with it right now. We'll next week we'll go over all the tales stuff. So, of of what we've been doing in game, I just I don't wanna, I don't wanna really make anyone go. Man, that really sucks that I've just yeah. been spoiled. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about that at that point. Uh, but yeah, should be a lot of fun. I I hope so. Next week, if you have not finished the main storyline, we will be kind of hammering through a lot of that. And as such, if you are worried about uh, spoilers, listen in next week, and we'll before we start tales, we'll obviously give you a heads up. But there will probably be spoilers next week, so keep that in mind. That if you have not finished the main story of Somerset. Next week may be a show that you could skip or save till later. Never skip our shows. Just <laughs> hold on to it. Listen to it later when you've finished. Um, 
definitely going to be something that's going to be fun there. All right, Ark. I think we've hit yeah. the point now where we're at 36 lessons, aren't we? Yep. All right. And it's I just finished time. the Seal the Breaches of uh, Iliac Bay. That's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, that that's the one I haven't started yet. Yeah. The Iliac Bay one. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fun, actually, overall. All right. <clears throat> do, 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 do. 36 lessons of Vivek. We are on Sermon 28 and 29 this week. So for Sermon 28... Uh, I do encourage everyone to take a look at, uh, I'm actually going to post this in chat. Of course, I encourage you to check this out in the description of the show. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, it'll be down in the description or off our website over at DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. You can check that out. This is actually some of the artwork of... um, Help me out. Michael Kirkbride, actually. So this is his rendition of Vivek fighting the Ruddy Man, which was one of his um, one of his spawn with Moleg Ball. So 36 Lessons of Vivek, Sermon 28. Then Vivek left Set to look after the dome-headed demon and went back to the space that was not space. From the provisional house, he looked into the middle world to find the fifth monster called the Ruddy Man. When the Drew ruled the world, the uh, Daedroth Prince Moleg Ball had been their chief. He took a different shape then, spiny and armored and made for the sea. Vivek, in giving birth to the many spawn of his marriage, had dropped an old image of Moleg Ball into the world, a dead carapace of memory. It would not have been a monster if a Velothi child had not wanted to impress his village by wearing it. The ruddy man of the eight monsters was the least complicated. He made those who wore him into mighty killers and nothing more. He existed in the physical. Only geography makes him special. When Vivek found him near the boy's village, Anonganis, there was a violent crash of arms and upheaval of the earth. Their battle created the West Gash. Wanders that still go there hear still the sounds of it. Swords across the crust, the grunt of a god, the snapping of his monster child's splintered legs. After his victory, Vivek took the shell of the ruddy man to the Drew that had modified his mother. The queen of the Drew, whose name was not easy to spell, was in a period of self-incubation. Her wardens took the gift from Vivek and promised to guard it from the surface world. This is the first account of the Drew being liars. In ten years, the ruddy man appeared again, this time near Tear, worn by a wayward shaman who followed the House of Troubles. Instead of guarding it, the Drew had imbued the living armor with mythic inflexibility. It bolted soon after skill-draping the shaman and shredded his bones to the five corners. When Vivek met the monster in battle again, he saw the remains of the three villages dripping from his feet. He took on his giant form and slew the ruddy man by way of the symbiotic college. 
since he no longer trusted the alt mert of the sea. Seems about right. Yeah. He doesn't trust yeah, the Altmer. Yeah. Any Altmer. Any Altmer. Vivet gave the carapace of the monster to the devout and loyal mystics of the number room. He told them, you may make of the ruddy man a philosopher's armor. The mystics began by wrapping one of their sagas into the shells, a series of flourishes by the two uh, supranumerates, one hormonally tall and the other just under his arms. They ran around the carapace and threw each other, applying holy resin drawn from the car- carcasses of the now useless numbers between 12 and 13. Golden straws were quickly struck through the myth- mythic epidermal so that the sage could breathe. After the ceremonial etchings were drawn into hardening resin, long list of dead names and equations whose solutions were to be found in the mouth of the chimer inside there came the illuminations inscribed by the bright terrible fingernail of vivek from the nail's tip flowed a searing liquid filling the grooves of the ceremonial etchings they bled out to form vein patterns about the sage shell that theogens would decipher forever after the ending of the words is Amsovie. So. Um, yeah, I didn't follow it again. That's okay. <laughs> it's all over the place. Uh, the Ruddy Man. This is the fifth monster of the eight that was spawned from the union of Moleg Ball and Vivek. So, going to our buddy James Moore. He uh, wrote up a few things for us as well, uh, which I'm going to... Uh, recite here he poise, pulls out when the drew ruled the world the daedroth prince moleg ball had been their chief he took a different shape then spiny and armored and made from the sea uh he points out this could be potentially a reference to a previous culpa if so it indicates that the et can change the roles between culpas as ball was in this account much more connected to the world than you'd ever expect for a daedra so hmm. At this point, it almost feels like he was able to break that barrier of an enter in. I know at this point, I'm going to mention this as well, that Moleg Ball, it was often kind of, I don't know if it was erroneously said, but uh, Ball uh, believed like Mundus was his realm. That's why like he keeps trying to pull it in, especially around the interregnum, that he believes that Nern Mundus is his. Right. Wait, what was Interregnum? That's where we're in now. The Interregnum is a time period in the Elder Scrolls lore between the fall of the Raymond Dynasty and the assassination of the Teshi potentates and the ascension of Tiber Septum. All right. So there was this period of time, roughly about 300 years, I think, where after the fall of the Raymond Dynasty, uh, the, the Akaviri potentates were ruling that the Raymond dynasty was still going at that point. But once they were assassinated by the Moreg Tong that issued in this area called the interregnum, which is where we're in now, uh, where there wasn't really recorded history because emperors rose and fall. It was just kind of this mess time, which is actually from a lore perspective kind of fits that the players are able to be emperor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
it, it kind of makes anyone who became an emperor both canon and not because yeah. well during this period there was a lot of infighting a lot of emperors but no mm-hmm. dynasties were actually created so there you go um It, may, it would not have been a monster if a Velothi child had not wanted to impress his village by wearing it. So that line... Oh, I got to blow my nose here. Sorry about that. Yeah. Allergies suck. Anyway. They do. <laughs> what else can we think of where something else's skin is worn? Boa, Ethia, and Malakath in my reckoning. Wearing the skin of something transforms the thing. If Trinomac Malakath is anything to go by. Also, we have the idea of dredging up old memories here, possibly. So, an idea of the monster and a Velothi child. So, when whoever wore it became the monster itself, changes what they are. Uh, his existence in the physical, only geography makes him special. Uh, as James says, I'm not totally sure what to make of this, but I'm sure something should be. All I can think of right now is that's an echo of notion of happenstance. An accident of geography gave this thing significance, which Vivek, of course, needs to obliterate. Remember the coincidence guild in Sermon 4, uh, if there is to be a perfect world, or if he is to create a perfect world. So his existence is in the physical the thing that I thought about this as well is with it, all these other monsters specifically had some realm or some weird trick that they were able to do in order to escape. And it was almost more of this metaphysical kind of aspect of, of the world. Um, whereas this thing was, and there actually is a quest about the ruddy man uh, in Morrowind. Uh, there is? Yes, there is. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, there is a quest about the ruddy man in Morrowind. But in reality, I almost feel like this could have been an analogy, right, for maybe something in the world that he had to put down. In my mind, and I'm just throwing this out here, um, like the dissident priest, if he had to subdue a rebellion, he may have kind of crafted this idea of the ruddy man to, Hmm. you know, kind of like a, like a parable type story. Uh, James goes, if we go a bit deeper, what is Vivek is suppressing his memory, destroying or reshaping the past is what lots of political movements do um, from the Nazis to modern jihadists. I personally think that this is what he is doing in killing his children in several ways. Slight tangent here, but, you know, here it is. Remember the anticipation in the House of Troubles, number seven, that kills nine of his and Ball's children. That makes 16 in total. What else do we know of in the, t- in the Elder Scrolls that comes in a group of 16? The Daedric Princes. One reading that I take form uh, take from these monster hunts is that Vivek is shaping killing the memories of other Daedric princes that may have been worshipped by the Velothi before. But as I can't map all mm. nine monsters to distinct princes here, this may all be rubbish. That's actually a really good theory. <laughs> that is a really good theory. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just trying to... With Vivek, 
there's even a specific quest when you're talking to Sothasil at the end of Clockwork City. Mm-hmm. He specifically talks about the idea of the lies of the tribunal and yeah. how Vivek, unlike everyone else, Vivek actually believes his own lies. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, I mean, even even Sothasil's like, yeah, he kind of does this in order. He has to do this in order <laughs> to maintain that level of divinity. Yeah. I don't know. Vivek, overall, I can't keep up with 36 lessons of Vivek or Vivek himself. Don't. To me, he's just a levitating lamp. <laughs> Vivek really is one of my favorite characters, and it's specifically because of the 36 lessons that I find it so very interesting because he's this very great esoteric character mm-hmm. who tries to hide what he is through analogy and through verse. That's why they call him the warrior poet. He lies constantly. He tries to elaborate through these almost insane, uh, insane parables or analogies Mm -hmm. look at the idea of the dome-shaped monster referring to the creation of vivek city and yet when we see the vivek city in the elder scrolls online dunmer are building it out of brick not some monster you know it's like (laughs) you obviously look at that as an analogy not necessarily cold hard facts right Mm -hmm. that's how i kind of see that um the battle created the west gash and so vivek uh, starts to claim the role of shaping Morrow and very literally. Uh, he took on a giant form that slew the ruddy man by way of the symbiotic college. Remember that the sword is equated with the symbiotic college in Sermon 23, also the picture that I linked in, dis- in uh, Twitch chat. Um, also, a symbiotic college, a bunch of different things stuck together to make a whole while being symbolic. This feels a bit like society to me where we, t- where we take a load of symbols and stick them together to make our current society. Maybe that connection to society is why the link to the three villages the monster had killed is mentioned here. Or maybe I'm just overcomplicating things. Um, and this is all from James Moore. So when I'm reading this, this is mm-hmm. his aspects and I'll kind of throw in my own bits here. Yeah. That's why I'm reading it exactly as he wrote it so we can get <laughs> what he is saying. Uh you may make the ruddy man a philosopher's armor. I think this whole next passage is con- the construction of that armor and what does a philosopher need armor to protect them from? Other philosophers and their arguments. That's why we have the armor being lined with equations and the like, which are arguments in another more precise form. Same for the dead names that are part of the armor, the idea of standing on the shoulders of giants, the quote from Isaac Newton, are be surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, quote from the Hebrews. The holy resin drawn from the carcasses of the now useless numbers between 12 and 13. Uh, Fast forward to Sermon 29 for a second here, which we're going to talk about in a bit. 12 is the heavens and 13 is the serpent. If the serpent is Lorcan, the god of the world, the heavens are a thing. What stands between the two? The Adra, who are carcasses in a way so that the resin draws from the power of the Adra in my reading of this. That's interesting that they refer to them as carcasses because you see them as the nine planets. 
you could argue that the the nine planets, the spheres of the Daedra, are the Aedra themselves. Are they also like the spheres of Joan and Jode, who are said to be the carcasses of Lorcan? So if the moon, Joan and Jode, is the broken carcass of of Lorcan, does that also mean that the Aedra are dead in creating the mortal realm? Because they are now represented as planets as well. Is that their bodies? Huh. Um, ah. Well, I mean, you actually, you know, they all of in all of Elder Scrolls, you actually get in contact and see and fight the Adric princes. Mm-hmm. But you only pray to Adra. Did we ever actually hear, you know, talk or see an Adra like we, like we did with Adra? Like, have have we ever heard only, the voice of Akatosh? Only in their avatars. Remember, at the end of Oblivion, for the ten seconds that I actually played Oblivion. Uh, <laughs> because that's all I could stomach of that game. Um, remember Martin Septum actually becoming an avatar of Akatosh. Yeah, but he used, he basically uses the, uh, amulet of Kings. Kings. Yeah. So it could not be related to Akatosh at all. It could also mean they're dead because that could have just been stored power that he had then used. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if that were the case, then what was keeping the, the Daedra from entering the world for so long b- while the Amulet of Kings was around. Uh, if that's the case, well, the Daed- are the Aedra so powerful that even being dead, they were able to keep them out? I mean, if they actually died while creating Mundus, in that sacrifice, I will say, it- they could have implemented a barrier or a magic while creating it in the meantime, which is basically what dragon fires mean, don't, don't they? Yeah. Like, as long as the dragon fires are lit, the Nern is protected from the realms of Oblivion. Right. Right. And I mean, so that, if you think about it, with the Aedra being that mixture of Inuic and Patamaic blood, they have a different... different... Uh, subset of powers i guess than everyone else also uh you mentioned like there are nine planets for nine divines right well eight and then the nine divines would technically have been joan and jode if you counted the moons yeah but uh what i want to say is talos like do we have a planet for talos if so does that planet exist in before i don't think actually in reality if you remember, the idea is that Talos and his apotheosis became a sen- well divine, but he took the place. Yeah. He mantled Lorcan, the missing god. Mm. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So his apotheosis, and if you really dig into the idea of his apotheosis, the idea of of Talos, this idea of an oversoul, it it's not just Tiber Septum. They actually are more or less mm-hmm. saying that. The idea of of Talos as one person isn't really true. It's actually a uh, an amalgamation of several souls. Uh, Tiber Septum. um, I almost want to say Pelinel. I may be wrong on that one. One of the Shezarines. Wolfharf, which is also talked about as a Shezarine. And... uh, uh, 
Orin Octus, Vorin Octus as well. Like there's like five or six souls that go into the making of what we know as Talos. Mm-hmm. So fun times. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. There's so much lore. I know. This is one of my favorite Lars. games because of lore. <laughs> it really is. Uh, final bit of this. The golden straws were quickly struck through mythical epidermal so the sage could breathe. This sounds a lot like molds for resin or plaster of Paris were sticking straws through the material so that the model underneath could breathe is a generally good idea. Nothing fancy here. If you really want to get metaphysical about it, you could mm-hmm. also look at it, looking at it the way that uh, I'm going to pull it in here because of how we know Vivek is a liar. Think of those holes as loopholes to the theory. We talked about you're guarding yourself against what? You're guarding yourself against uh, other other mystics doctrine, right? Well, maybe mm-hmm. your doctor, you're defending a, an undefendable point, right? Think about it like that. Whatever you're doing isn't necessarily true, but you are defending it as if it is. So these holes could be like little loopholes that only you know about to allow you to still see the truth while defending a false teaching. That's how I always mm-hmm. look at it when I come to Vivek because we know he is a liar. So Yeah. Probably he knows he's a liar. Oh, he does. Oh, absolutely he does. Uh, and one of my favorite quotes actually is um, poets use lies to tell the truth. And you actually see this. Again, going into, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about Sermon Zero, but I'm going to kind of do this right now. <laughs> it, if you read it, it's almost like a code breaking. If you read especially I think with the series of the numbers as well, they talk about it refers to a specific line and a specific word in that line. When you add them all together, it actually says foul murder from all the lessons. So when you read that, it kind of leads into the point was did, what do the dissident priests believe that the, that the, uh, that the tribunal Tribunal killed the Nerevarin or not the Nerevarin, but they killed uh, Inderel Nerevar, the king of the Dunmer. Mm -hmm. Now they say he died in battle with the Dwemer, right? Yep. But we also know if you kind of break the fourth wall a little bit, I mean, in time of, of the elder scrolls online, you could say your character doesn't know this, but if you've played, Mm -hmm. uh, if you played Morrowind, specifically the Mournhold expansion, you know that they start losing their divinity and that even so, yeah. even all ends up killing Sotha Sil because she goes insane after losing her divinity. Around that time, right. we see that uh, Vivek just disappears and the magic that was holding Bardow up from the sky um, fails and it crashes down and destroys mm-hmm. everything. It destroys almost all of Morrowind because when it hits the ground, the red mountain finally explodes and destroys almost all the island. And what it doesn't destroy, yeah. the Argonians do because they come back <laughs> and, and kill all the Dunmer who tried to remain yeah. for all the years of slavery. So 
what's left of Morrowind is pretty much nothing in the fourth era. There's like nothing left of Morrowind. And what is left is a bubbling cauldron of poisonous gases and boiling water. So nothing can survive there. And yeah, so I love Elder Scrolls lore so very (laughs) much. I really do. All right, we got to move on to our next lesson. I know we have another one to go. Uh, this is Sermon 29. Now, I'm really not even going to read this one because no. it is a list of 36 numbers. Okay. And names. Specifically, number one, the dragon break our tower and is assigned a number of one. Two, the etchamorph, signed a number of 68. The Invisible Gate Alm Sylvie, assigned the number 112. The Corners of the House of Troubles, assigned the number 242. The Corners of the World, assigned 100, and so on and so on, including, I'm not going to say the numbers, but we have the Walking Way, the Sword at the Center, the Wheel are the Eight Givers. This is fun. This is some really metaphysical stuff coming in here, so I'm really excited. The Missing, (laughs) the Tribes of the Altmer, the Numbers of the Master, the Heavens, the Serpent, the King's Cough, the Redeeming Force, the Acceptable Blasphemies, the Hurling Dis, the Eggs are the Six Times the Wise, the Provisional House, the Lunar Lattice, the Womb, Unknown, the Hollow Prophet, the Star Wound, the Emperor, the Rogue Plane, the Secret Fire, the Drowned Lamp, the Captive Sage, the Scarab, the Listening Frame, the False Call, the Anticipations, the Lawless Grammar, the Poison Shirt, the Hours." The presence of the deaf witness, this is what the numbers are. They hang into the Arbus as the last nostalgia of their godhood. The effigies of numbers are their current applications. This is folly as above. To be affixed to a symbol is too, too certain. The ending of the words is Am Sylvie. Now, I'm not, like I said, I didn't touch the numbers, but we're going to kind of jump into that. So Sermon 29, all right? So this opened up a lot of things for the whole 36 lessons. So he's, uh, James says he'll go through as many as he can. Um, the dragon break of the tower, the tower equals I. I is number one. Remember, we talked about this in one of the lessons. Turn the tower on its side and you see I. The only letter right. of, the only word for God, I. The Etchamorph. The Etchamorph is a repeating pattern of the Arabus. This is why the Sermon 2, we have a Vec able to predict future catastrophes known uh, and knowing what has gone before. He understands the nature of the Arabus. The repeating pattern is the Etchamorph. For those who don't know what an Etchamorph is, it is an idea of something being the same but the complete opposite. An idea of an Etchamorph is your left and right hand. They're the same, but they're reverse. You often see the idea of the etchamorph in a common motif of the king and the rebel, right? You have two leaders on opposite sides of a story. You see this with, um, with Talos, actually. Talos almost represents both ends of the etchamorph because as he's halty or early beard, he's referred to as the rebel. And yet becomes the king later on with becoming the emperor of Tamriel. You see the etchamorph of Anu and Padme, the light and the dark. 
mm-hmm. both representing two aspects of the same idea. The invisible gate is, in my mind, the iteration of the Etchamorph, which generally involves an observer as well as a rebel and a king, and Amsavi is the trinity. The corners of the world, this is in some ways that the world is reflected in the sentient races who have five points of reference, their limbs and their head. The corners of the world, the limit of the world in the mortal races is mortality. The walking ways, the formulas to heaven by violence, of which we hear several times in the 36 lessons, mostly in Kim, or Kim, C-H-I-M, but in other ways as yeah. well. We know from elsewhere that Michael Kirkbright intended there to be the, the fourth walking way, the, sep, the steps of the dead, a.k.a. mantling, by which Talos becomes a god. You almost look at it, it you could also refer to the steps of the dead, almost as an incomplete form of the tribunal. Like they kind of went part of the way, but sharing the divinity between the three of them, they never really mantled Lorcan completely. The wheel and the eight mm-hmm. givers, the structure of the Arabus is a wheel. The eight Daedra are the eight givers, the Adra, the spokes. And what happens between the areas of the eight spokes? We have 16, which represents the Daedric princedoms. So pretty much the wheel is what Arobus is, what Mundus is. You have the stoke, the tower in the center, which again, if you refer to the tower in the center, we're getting into some tower lore now, which really excites yeah. me. Turn the wheel on its side and you see the name, the only name of God, I, which is the tower. Uh, often referred to the center of Tamriel, white gold tower. We're going to get into that. That's always fun. <gasps> the idea of a wheel having eight spokes as the Adra and the 16 spaces in between represent the 16 Daedric Princetons, which make up all of the Elder Scrolls universe. The missing, the ninth giver, the missing, who is Lorcan, Shezar, etc., however you want to call him. The tribes of the Altmer. Do we know anywhere else that there were 10 tribes of Altmer? Or should this be Aldmer to align somewhat with the number of Marish races? Or maybe, though, Altmer, Chimer, Aelid, Jereni, Orsimer, Mayomer, Dwemer, Fulmer, Bosmer, and Khajiit? Not sure if it fits, but it may mean something. So let's see. We have the Altmer. We have the Chimer, right. who are now the Dunmer. The Aelids. I don't know if I'd really count the Dureni as a separate race, though, because I believe the Dureni were just a subset of the Aelids. Um, Orsimer, the Mamer, mm-hmm. the Dwemer, the Falmer, and the Bosmer. Got eight. Eight. So the ten tribes Did you of the count Altmer. Altmer itself. Huh? Did you count the Altmer themselves? Yes. We have eight. You could argue the Bretons, the man mirror. Yeah, I was about to say Bretons, yeah. yeah. Being half, half elf, mm-hmm. whatever. But I don't know about a tenth race of... Yeah, it's interesting mm. that they refer to that. Unless they're referring to the Aldmer themselves as this like, oversoul, if you will. Um, it, it's it, That one's kind of mm. interesting, but you know. I almost would count the if you count the Jereni and then also the Bretons, then you would have ten races. I don't know if I'd count Jereni because I really still feel like they were just a subset. 
The number of the master. A master keeps one and one in balance duality. The master, two things. You must stand between one and one. Which has implement... implement <laughs> I cannot speak today. <laughs> Implications for the observer of an etromorph. And Vivek's role in the Elder Scrolls Three as the observer between the Hortator and the Charmot. And he is the mastery of the symbol, the symbolic roles of the tribunal. The heavens, the 12 worlds mentioned in the Nuiad. Could be. Could also refer to the Aurobus itself, or not the Aurobus, uh, Aetherius itself, the realm outside of Oblivion between the Void, because you have the Void, you have Aetherius, mm -hmm. and then you yeah. have the realms of Oblivion split you know, popped within that, and then the realm of Mundus itself. From within there, you also have the realms of the Adra. So if you think about yeah. it in terms of the heavens, the 12 worlds, you have Mundus, the eight, so that's nine. Oblivion is 10. 11 is Aetherius, and 12 is the Void. There's your 12 yeah. worlds. The Serpent, 16. Serpent is the 13th constellation, also tied to Lorcan. Uh, the Acceptable Blasphemies, 12 through 16. Acceptable Blasphemies are the Daedric Princes, according to the Pocket Guide of the Empire First Edition. The Hurling Disc, a disc is a wheel without spokes. The Hurling Disc is the state of Arbus during a dragon break, linked with the Muricati Selective and the Right Reaching which they use to break the dragon and separate Alkosh from his Murish aspects. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> the egg are the six times the wise. Three times six, the wise are the tribunal. Don't know about the egg. The egg? I almost feel like you're tying that into Lorcan once again. You, you cannot escape. As much as people want to escape Lorcan, you cannot escape Lorcan. He is so integral to the world as a whole, you cannot remove yeah. him. You could also look at the egg as being Vivek himself, because he refers to himself as the egg. Uh, the he refers to himself as everything, though. He really does. The lunar lattice. As James says, I don't know for sure, but it's possible that given two different moons, there are 20 different phases of the Nernian lunar cycle. I've looked around, and I'm not Sure, we actually have 20, but that would be my best guess. The secret fire. In real-world alchemy, the secret fire was a changing event within the alchemist which drove the reactions and alterations the alchemist wished to achieve. It represents knowledge itself in a way. Um, the secret fire can also refer to life. I see that often in many different mythologies, that the idea of a secret fire. If you go to Middle-earth itself, it talks about Iru, holding the secret fire in the void and All being right. able to create life from that. Was that what happened with Anu and Padme when they ripped themselves outside the world with Nern? Did that set off the idea of this secret fire that gave life to the original Etada? The drowned lamp, which is Sithis, the captive sage, the first steps towards Aramath needing to be in the stage. Wait, wait, wait. What did, what did it call Sithis? The drowned oh, lamp. The Okay, for a second, I thought he called Vivek, like Vivek that, and I was like, wait, was he actually called a lamp? But yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't had lamp. nearly <laughs> enough coffee for this thing. <laughs> this, my brain is... It, this one's a fun one to wrap around all the time. Yeah. The yeah. Scarab. I'll have to listen to this myself again. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wait, when you post this, yeah. Yeah. The scarab also associated with Lorcan, who is identified as a scarab in several texts. You actually see the idea of the scarab posted throughout Morrowind in several different areas, uh, including the Forgotten House, which is implementations of the purpose of Mundus. Scarabs push dung around because they lay their eggs in them, and the new scarabs hatch and fly away. If Lorcan is treating Mundus as his dung ball, did he intend for Mundus to be a vehicle for transcendence and escape? The love letter of the fifth era seems to think so. You can also look at it as the walking ways, especially if you look at the Red Guard idea of the walking ways, a way to escape the coils of Satakal. That could also Satakal. refer Satakal. Satakal was the ever-consuming void, the hunger, who would eat. Oh. He would shed the world skins, and that's where Tall Papa okay. taught the walking ways to get the other age or to escape the continual birth and death recycle. Um, and the anticipations, the anticipations, uh, three and three in tribunal theology, anticipations imply the tribunal. So there we go. Uh, these are all the ideas I have to go on. Also, there's a secret message that, uh, these reveal. If you count the number of words in each lesson, uh, that were given in each name, the first word of sermon one the 68th word of sermon two etc you get the following message he was not born a god his destiny did not lend him to this crime he chose this path of his own free will he stole the godhood and murdered the hortator vivek wrote this this is the first of two confessions hidden in the 36 lessons so there you go if you wow. read the numbers and go through all the lessons that's what you're reading. So who's who? Who, who came up with all this? Michael Jay, Kirkbride. No, 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 no. The the one who's unsolving this, like the one you've been reading. Oh, from. James Moore. He's uh one of our listeners. He actually been posting a lot of stuff. He's been writing his ideas down from the TS lore library and whatnot. So. Oh. Yeah. I thought this was like something. It, I thought this was actually from Lorite Library, not from one of Jake. No, oh. no, no, no. This is actually a culmination of things posted on the Elder Scrolls lore forms from the Bethesda forms. People have been tearing this stuff apart. So, yeah. Honestly, like... The, I'm actually going to post this actual, as well in chat. Yeah, this requires actual work of, like... I, I want to say historian oh, or... It, there's been years of people theology. figuring this out. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is like proper... You could... If you were applying for something like uh, at a university, like a research <laughs> something, you could have put these foundings in your resume and I like, yeah, I figured this out from all this. Yeah. And if you dare, go ahead and go ahead and read. This is some advanced, serious work. It I is. Will, as I said, I will have to re listen this back because you probably have noticed, but I've drifted off. <laughs> I, I couldn't keep up. I, I, I need at least another few cups of coffee to keep up with this. I'm actually going to post this other thing in here from the Elder Scrolls TS uh, lore forums where someone actually broke this down even further. The details in it are amazing, but I just don't have the time to go through all of it but there are some insane theories when it comes to this stuff. Like, there is dissecting this all this information. And then there is 
writing this in the first place. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Michael Kirkbride's doing. He's insane. Like he's literally insane. I would love to meet this gentleman and just like pick his pick his brain because <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely wow. <laughs> crazy nuts. But that's pretty much it, guys. That is going to be the end of our show. So let's go ahead. Ark, where can people find you, mate? Right. You can find me anywhere that is A-R-K-H-A-N-I-I-R. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitch. Um, I'm on, yeah. <laughs> All over the place. Uh, yeah. That, that too. All right. <laughs> Do you do you want to do a shout out for the? Uh, uh, we talked about this already, but oh, Arkinier does actually, have a yeah. guild on the EU side for anyone who's interested in doing that. That's part of his own guild, not really affiliated with us right. in any way, uh, other than the fact so that Ark's part not of it. A, yeah, it's it's basically not an official uh, dungeon crawler network guild with participation points, giveaway, all those fun stuff that is happening over on the North American side does not happen in Silver Shield Clan in my PC European Guild. That is uh, simply a personal community guild. But mm-hmm. if, you are, if you are on European Mega Server, you are free to join. Um, we are trying to gather up more people so we can start doing events. There you go. Yeah. Definitely, if you're playing on EU, that's going to be the closest you're going to get to the DCN uh, official guild experience. I know we had to kind of... Uh, some people are getting confused between the two, so we need to make mm-hmm. sure that we mention that um, yeah. Arkaneer's Guild is his own, not not part of the DCN foundry kind of whole section that we have going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, awesome still nonetheless. Definitely, if you want to play with Ark and do that, check that out. Yeah. Um, but whenever there are I'm, no sex explorers there, so uh, you know, <laughs> there's if no you sex explorers. Sex free zone. Uh, <laughs> well then why would anyone want to join that just sounds awful to me oh my goodness well i mean if they want a gameplay experience without lies you know well i mean if they wanted a gameplay experience without lies they probably shouldn't play elder scrolls because we already know vivek's a liar so <laughs> yeah the, I suppose you're playing the wrong that. game there <laughs> anyway all right awesome well you can follow me at Agello's agg <laughs> L-O-S, yeah, A-G-G-E-L-O-S underscore DCN on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me in-game at Agelos on North American PC Meg server at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. Um, of course, if you are interested in joining the Hands of Fate, the uh, Elder Scrolls Online chapter of the Dungeon Crawler Network, a gaming community forged by the listeners of our gaming podcast. We've created an amazing gaming community and family, so you should definitely come be a part of it. We cover a wide range of gaming preferences from PC to console. We've developed a community that ranges from the super casual to the cutting edge of hardcore players, and we strive to create an environment where we can support all playstyles while we enjoy each other's company. Our guild is a little bit of a PVX guild on the North American PC mega server. Um, We have players from all over the world at this point who join us we have scheduled events almost every night in all the areas of the game from pledge groups trials sky shard hunting and pvp we also do monthly crown store giveaways for those who 
participate as part of the guild so you can earn participation points and buy chances into getting crown store giveaway stuff each and every month so if you're interested go ahead and send me a message in game at Agelos A-G-G-E-L-O-S thank you so much you can of course follow everything we do dungeoncrawlernetwork.com there you can find links to all of our social media including Twitch, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dungeoncrawlernetwork if you want to help support the show you can also consider leaving us a 5 star review on iTunes so people know that we are a real podcast that we say real words and sometimes it matters thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Tales of Tamriel and we will see When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell. And like a dart shot to its mark, down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone. To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end